Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 71 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and uh, with me is pretty much everybody you saw the last time around that we were kind of around here. We have uh, Matthew Aguilar back. What's up, everybody? Janelle Wheeler's back. Hey, guys. And Connor Casey's back. What up? And starting in, like, reverse order there, Connor's back because we have got to recap WWE's Clash of Champions. We did a whole preview of the pay-per-view event. Now we got to tell you how it turned out and what the fallout has been ever since. Plus, we got to talk about a major DC character that just got cast, some major DC characters that could be getting new shows, a major Marvel character that is getting a show, and the restart of the G.I. Joe movie series has been confirmed. Plus, we got TV check-ins, so we got to talk about the boys. Lovecraft season, or love, Lovecraft season, oh my God. <laughs> Lovecraft Country, the boys, Lovecraft Country, the return of Fargo season four it just premiered. So we're going to break that down as well. And there's a lot of comic stuff to talk about, as uh, we were telling you guys on the official uh, Comic Book Nation Twitter page which is now out there at Comic Book Nation, so hit us up there. All right, so let's get started. No dilly-dallying and all the banters and whatnot today. we got to get to a <laughs> job to do. There's actual stuff happening. All right, up at the top, let's start with uh, DC. So DC is uh, casting its next phase of heroes for certain movies because we're finding out each of these kind of films is going to be bigger affairs than we thought. I mean, it's safe to say, like, The Flash is turning into this whole multi-Batman event. But there's also The Rock's Black Adam, which is also going to introduce the Justice Society of America to live-action movie DC Universe. And um, it's going to have four major DC characters, or, you know, three of them in one we kind of know. Uh, I'm throwing shade at Cyclone, of course. But uh, <laughs> Adam Smasher, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone will be the JSA team that Black Adam kind of goes up against and may or may not end up kind of falling in, in line with uh we'll see how that goes but um we already know that uh actor noah centino was playing adam smasher so we knew that casting now we got the casting for dc's Hawkman, who will be played by aldous hodge who you probably know as um he played the kind of friend uh, cop character in the invisible man if you just want a recent film that came out with uh, elizabeth Mosso. But uh, he's been in a lot of things. Um, he was in uh, Underground, or yeah, he was Underground in different kind of shows. He's a, he's a really good actor, actually. Leverage, uh, man. I love that show Leverage, so much. Yes. That's what, that was his big breakout role. I didn't know if this was the kind of crowd that uh, 
you know, the leverage <laughs> crowd, but uh, you're here. So there we go. We're diverse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was in leverage and yeah. So now he's going to be Hawkman. So I, for one, am cool with this casting. We know it's going to be Carter Hall um, that he's going to be playing. And so I, I know some people have like, you know, there's always, especially in DC, who's kind of been more open to kind of recasting characters in different forms and ways, either like, you know, gender flips or race flips or kind of changes. Um, Aldous Hodge is, of course, an African-American actor playing Hawkman. But I, I mean, I haven't gone to the depths of the internet on this, but so far I haven't heard anybody get too crazy about this um, because it's Hawkman, right? Like nobody, I mean, I'm sure there, I know there are Hawkman stands out there because I have had a, a Hawkman fan group come after me before. Oh. And that's a what real for? For making, for making glib remarks about Hawkman in a, in a longer- For saying that there are no fans of Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, for, and in like, in for like a longer piece where I was celebrating and, and saying why Hawkman's awesome. So like, I, I don't know what they- I write. feel like that's always the way it is. Like if you, someone goes to like compliment and go like, oh my God, this is huge for the character because like, you know, the, it doesn't have like any real, there's not a lot of stuff out there in fanfare and like, this is great news, and I feel like those are the ones that get crapped on the most. Because <laughs> then people come out of the woodwork and like, well, yeah, we I love this character Hawk from Man the beginning. Man since 1986. Yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> you just didn't praise Hawk them the right forever. way. Yeah, but I mean, but also it, it's, it's like, I mean, the Aquaman thing got pulled off pretty seamlessly. Nobody's like really mad about that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the thing people are probably most mad about is, is Jason Momoa the persona of Aquaman, but like, you know, that's all it right. is. They, you know, not to be a pun heavy person, but that ship has sailed. So like that's, that's already done and gone. Let it go. So, um, yeah. song. So, thank you, Janelle. I yeah, like, I like the song. Of the way early. Yeah. <laughs> we got it out no, of the way early. No, man, we should do that every time. We can just like sing away our haters. I like this. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Hawkman is another one who's kind of like one of these DC characters who was the butt of the joke for many years who, you know, a modern interpretation isn't bad. It's also kind of curious, as I was pointing out in the article, kind of announced in the casting that, you know, Carter Hall is supposed to be the reincarnate, you know, the reincarnated version of an Egyptian prince. And I know nice. back in like the 1930s and 40s, when we had Sir Lawrence Olivier to play anything and everything, <laughs> you know, we could run around and cast Egypt with him and a bunch of other Brits and stuff like that. That was, that was all the rage. I don't know if, I don't think we're there in these days. That's and times such now. a good point. Like, and that's really so, exciting. Yeah. And so if you're reincarnating, you know, I'm not going to get too heavy in this because it could go either way because it's reincarnation and we don't know, there right. are no rules of reincarnation. True. So like, we don't have to get too crazy about this. You can go to sleep as an Egyptian prince and wake up as, you know, powder. I don't know. That can, that can be, that just powder. might be how reincarnation works. So like, and that's a nineties reference for anybody. Wow. Yes. I remember yeah, did not powder. expect a powder. Reference. Uh, you didn't expect that when you woke up this morning, right? Oh life gosh. though. That's why life is great. Matthew keeps you surprised. Oh, man. surprised. But um, yeah. So, but, but it also could be just as easily, be the story of a guy who who does have the same body and, and looks and things as an Egyptian prince who mm -hmm. I'm sure we are now at least more open to the idea that this person could be at least slightly browned in the skin. Of I mean, bottom line is he has to have fantastic abs. I, I, I hope they don't drop the ball with the abs because <laughs> in all of this artwork of this character, this man is very... Mm -hmm. 
um, fit and he looks impeccable and he's, I'm just going to say it. He's hot. Well, I mean, there's some concept art. Somebody did uh, like a professional, like a really good fan artist did a concept of this. And I mean, he's making Aldous Hodge look good and Aldous Hodge yeah. is, I mean, he's got the abdomen for it. Like good. Perfect. Got, That's like, all I need to hear. Abdomen. And then I'm on, I'm on board. And they even made the harness and nth metal look good in the concept art of him. Like it actually looked like badass. And I was like, okay, like I, I kind of nice. believe that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Janelle, I think you speak for the uh, main demographic of the Hawkman. Yeah, no, no, just not the ladies. Okay. Not limited. We're wide open, uh, trying to be more wide open than that these days. But uh, yeah, to anybody who's appreciative of Hawk abs, the men I who mean, want yeah. to be him. And arms and shoulders and pecs. And men and women who jawline. want to worship him or be him either way. <laughs> Doesn't matter I mean, they got- the gender line you're on. But uh, yeah, the abs are key here. They got the guy from the Eternals ripped. Like they can get, they can get all this ripped. Oh, Although, I'm sure uh, he already is. Yeah, I mean, I he's a very handsome man. So, <laughs> they, I yeah. think they did a great job. <laughs> yeah. So, and and he's the kind of guy who's like, if you saw Invisible Man, like he has that like very good kind of big brother quality to him. Like he he's like tough but like in a big brother tough kind of way that like you know i mean that's exactly we played invisible man maybe that's just me and recency bias but like he was elizabeth moss like best friend and like her bigger brother type um but that's also to say like when it's time to throw down he, he's a badass so like he's a he's a big dude so um i'm gonna be looking forward to him swinging that mace uh could be yeah. cool and uh, he looks like the kind of guy who would dare you to make fun of the wings too so just like you know he's almost <laughs> aquaman so. Man, those those wings are so hard to get right. You, yeah, like we've yeah. we've yet to really get one completely right. <laughs> but that's why I like the concept mm-hmm. art. And go check this out on comicbook.com DC. It's by De, uh, Deantry Deantry, um, concept artist. Uh, oh yeah, I've uh, seen that. I've seen his yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Their in, stuff, I don't. But uh, very talented kind of artist. Um, basically, but it just made the nth metal wings look like a device. Like yeah. it had like rims that were made of nth metal with like feather looking wow. plumes and stuff, but it looked like a harness and it looked like a device made to look like a bird. Um, yeah. Which was believable. And like I said, it made the armor and, and the wings and the harness all look like badass weapons. Like, so yeah, like you can do this right. And, and I think they got the guy with the right kind of swagger for that. All right. I'm getting sucked down a hawk man hole. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> you know, Who knew? Yeah. Right. 2020, bro. <laughs> All right, moving right along to the other side of the DC uh, arena. JJ, we've been keeping a careful eye on where JJ Abrams is in this whole DC Warner Brothers, Warner Media mix his deal and what he'll be doing. And there's been rumor on rumor on rumor, but the latest is that he's taking on a Zatanna and a Constantine show for HBO Max. Uh, and this is part of the larger rumors we've been hearing of something building up towards a Justice League Dark kind of team up on the HBO Max side as being their kind of version of Avengers. What do you guys think? Ugh. Oh, man. Is J.J. Abrams the guy that you want to see take on Constantine and Zatanna? Connor, you look like you have thoughts. So did we all just forget that Constantine had a show on network television and it bombed? And fans tried to campaign for Matt Ryan to get another show, and the best we got was Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, he's great in Legends of Tomorrow. He is there. great, but yes, that was the best we got. So what are you doing this time around? Are you, are you bringing him back, making the fans happy? Are you, are you 
going even further back and bringing in Keanu? Well, like, the rumors are Keanu. The rumors are that Keanu is interested in coming back. Back, but I thought it was that for a work. movie. But that was for yeah, like there's this JJ stuff. I have no idea what this like JJ universe is. I, I don't really know. I I, mean, I am, lot, it's it's that new part of the DC universe that's like been announced. But uh, again, and this whole Justice League Dark thing has always been kind of weirdly cursed. Like every yeah, time we hear yeah, about it, it's gonna come. The animated, so we know he's it's working best on a, Yeah, he's working on the it team is. series, and now these are two spinoffs. We don't know if these are coming first or these are coming after. Yeah, or, and, and we don't know the format. Is he going to do a bunch of solo focus series that lead up to the team thing? Or do they come, like, again, do they come after, after kind of opening the door on the whole yeah. magic and occult and all that and then having them go in separate ways? I don't know. I love the idea of a Zatanna series because yes. I think that is, that one, I think it's actually, it's an easier to digest character and project and everything to get that off the ground. I think that's, it's, it's interesting it's this magician superhero. Like there's not really anything else like it out there. So I think that's an easier sell. And I actually think JJ, if he gets the right lead, I mean, I'm not like the biggest JJ Abrams person, but like, I think it, that could work. Um, the Constantine mix. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, but I will say, and also like Zatanna has actually been done well. Uh, Smallville did a great version of Zatanna. Um, Surrender Swan before the poor Medusa thing <laughs> killed Zatanna. Like it was a great interpretation. So like there's actually, it's been done. It's been done pretty well. You give it a budget and you actually like explore the backstory and stuff. It's an interesting thing. I, I think JJ wouldn't be a terrible choice. I actually have more faith in that. And I think Justice League Dark is one of those things where like you need to at least introduce one or two characters by themselves. Then you can bring in all the because like Justice League Dark has had so many kind of quirky, weird characters over the years that like yeah. a team up movie, you can put a couple of those and bring them in and introduce them to fans. But you need like one or two pillars that people already know and care about. So, well, I mean, there's a reason adaptations have brought in like Batman and Wonder Woman to be on the team so that someone can look at it and go, hey, I know that person. And Wonder Woman has been this really good on guy. Dark. Yeah, yeah, she's, oh, been she's been really been good in dark. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised that that worked out so well. <laughs> you, at, at first glance, you're like, "What the hell is she yeah, doing here?" It was an odd mix, but I gotta yeah, say that I mean, it makes worked. sense because like, if anybody knows about the supernatural, the occult, or the mystical, like yeah, woman, um, yeah, and she's got that kind of attitude. Yeah, and beat up, she'll beat up shit. somebody. Yeah. Oh God, stop it. Dutch. All right, so that's Dutch. going on. Um, <laughs> all I'll say is, if they go for an older one, I would love to. I've always wanted to see my girl Lizzie Kaplan play Zatanna. I thought she'd be a great. One. Oh my God, like a freaking dead, like dead ringer. Like yeah, that's like perfect. It's just the attitude and the perfect casting. Like, yes. Yeah, she would be great, and she'd handle all the like the. Perf- the Hollywood, like a kind of celebrity performer, the dad stuff, like all oh, that stuff should be great. And she, she just has the wit. So, I mean, that would be me. All right, that's moving on. Uh, that's over in DC land. Let's hop over the fence. Marvel time. So we learned that Sam mother effing Jackson is getting a Nick mother effing series on Disney plus. So yeah, Nick Fury is getting his own Disney plus series. That's it. All right. No, I'm just kidding. We got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Yay! pretty cool. This, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Jan- Sam Jackson's, you know, jumping in for this. And it's interesting because this comes at a pivotal time. 
I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home just set up some pretty interesting things about like what Nick Fury is doing or into. This thing could be all over the MCU. They already got the software for DH Sam Jackson in the computer. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, this he looked go really good. Place. They did a really good job on it. Yeah. And there's all this kind of other like weird stuff that like whatever Fury was doing in that weird interpol until between like after Winter Soldier until he kind of like popped, I think he popped up in Avengers 2 to save their butts at one point. And then he kind of fell off the radar again. Uh, yeah, until he got dusted, right? And then he was kind of operating and like, yeah. So yeah. there's all that time of like, that could tie into whatever's happening in Black Widow and comes back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's the sword stuff that could be happening um, in space with the scrolls and all that. So... I mean, it's a pretty good time to, to kind of put this out. So, yeah, and I'm kind of psyched. And, of course, because it's a TV series with Sam Jackson in it, it's already going to have a huge draw and in some, like, demographics that Marvel TV probably doesn't usually do. That's and, true. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. kind of like with Black Panther, kind of like not to be cynical, but, like, if you're looking for that, you know, people of color demographic and Black Panther's kind of stalling right now, like – this is an easy layup to kind of to kind of get some attention back in that direction. Agreed. So. Yeah. I yeah. it's weird for me. Like I feel the premise itself I could not really care less about. Like it, like, oh, it's a Nick Fury movie. It's kinda like when okay, so like in in like Ultimate Alliance when they're like, Hey, the unlockable character you got is Nick Fury. I was like, it's a dude with a gun. Like why do I <laughs> why do I care with this? Like yeah. I kind of deal this. The reason why I would get excited is the possibilities that Kofi was going through. Like, be, it really depends on when this takes place. If this takes place in the post, you know, far from home, like that time, and we see what's going on from here, I mean that sounds really interesting because that's all new stuff. If we go, if we go like to the past. I'm going to kind of check out because it, it's just not, I don't, Nick Fury is great as a, the glue that like keeps these things together and like all the shifting stuff behind the scenes. That stuff is interesting in small doses because it, it fills a, a hole mm-hmm. when it's just by itself. Well, I don't care. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't I'm gonna care. Di- I'm going to disagree with you because on paper, I agree with you, but what surprised me and gives me hope was, what turned around for me after seeing how they were using him in the MCU in the first phase was how the Russo brothers used him in Winter Soldier. And what that movie did, and I hope this series does, is it proved that even when you think like things are so bad and like just going off the rails, Fury's that dude who is always two steps ahead and has a plan and has a backup plan and has a contingency plan yeah, for that backup plan. Yeah. And <laughs> like, so that sequence, like him on the road in the car heist and then escaping by kind of like cutting his way through the ground and getting out of the car and escaping Winter Soldier and then coming back at the end and using yeah. his eye to enter the security code. And like, that's really, that's, that's all really cool. cool. James Black, you know, this Black James Bond stuff. That's but like, Jackson that really is cool because it works because the rest of the movie exists. It's not him by himself. That whole well, movie know. is not but, like I'm no, gonna no, no. now have to invest in a six episode. No, no, no. Series like I said, like I said, him. I agree with you on paper like that. Yeah. But it gives me hope that if you put it in the right hands and somebody makes like a hard boiled espionage series that's kind of like that pace of fury going through those kinds of things, 
Like you could mine what was the best stuff of that and actually yeah. turn it into something good as opposed to just like the boring stuff and in the process set up like a, a bunch of stuff like you were saying. I'm just saying the possibilities there. It could also yeah. be the one time, like you said, it could just be dude with a gun. Who is this dude with no power series? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm I hopeful. Good again, because they've done that. But I'm just saying like, it's not immediately like, oh, it's, it's got me. I, I, I need more information, but agreed. It could be, it could be very good. So, I mean, I'm not ruling it out by any means. I wouldn't be shocked if this series kind of jumps around in the timeline where we see very young Nick Fury. We, like you mm. said, we've got the de-aging technology uh, past far from home. So he's out in space with sword. I don't think it's going to be just an all space show. So it, you could very well just see him trying to set that up with flashbacks back to either pre that or post Captain cool. Marvel. And then maybe when stuff was going on after Ultron, he's, he's working cleanup on that. Okay. Now that's or, intriguing. Because I, I feel like you could get six episodes of that, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's some new kind of, like, we, we keep coming back to it, but I feel like there's some, like, new kind of espionage, secret, super soldier, something, something, something that's, like, kind of taking shape as one of the phase four threads. And I could see this would be a good gap filler for, like, a lot of that stuff of, like, what happened in the espionage world. Maybe even help with some of this lingering S.H.I.E.L.D. continuity. Help <laughs> fill in some gaps there. Yeah. True. Maybe it's just yeah. even more Hydra. And we just, he's just like, I am tired of these snakes. Bang. <laughs> oh, man. That, <laughs> that was oh. great. Wow, that, that better be the end of the first trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired of these snakes. Yeah. All right. That's a good place like to stop it. for a break and pay some bills. Kind of Casey taking us out on a good uh, one-liner there. All right, so we're going to pay some bills, and when we come back, we're going to talk about G.I. Joe getting a good start. We're going to check in with a bunch of TV, wrestling, and comics, so stay tuned for all of that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, we're back. So if you guys don't know, G.I. Joe film franchise is still a thing that's happening. Yo, Joe, indeed. So it's still happening. Um, and this time they're trying to go for more of that, like, they're doing like what Marvel did in the 2000s. They had their little 2000s run now. They're trying to go for something a little more prestigious, get a little bit bigger talent in here to do, to do some of this. And we're going to be starting with a uh, G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie that stars Henry Golding, um, who starred in the uh, new cult classic Holiday Romance last Christmas. You guys... 
you guys know? <laughs> That's Chris. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, I can uh, sing the song, but <laughs> it was right, good. It was a good that? movie. Yeah. It was a good movie. Oh, are we? Are we? Are we? Are we not getting that? Uh, what? Was I supposed well, to say? Oh, you want me to sing it? Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got the legal rights awesome. for. So thank oh, you, yeah. Janelle. 30 seconds. Yeah. Thank Yay. you, Janelle. Killing it, Sorry. as always. Oh, man. It's good to have those musical accompaniments. We don't have to buy <laughs> technology or anything. Um, so, yeah, we're getting a G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie with Henry Golding, and it's directed by uh, Robert Schwentke, who did... Uh, who did the, who did red. Good. Good. And also did R.I.P.D. Bad. Bad. Yeah, he did red. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And did R.I.P.D., which is bad. But he does that kind of action comedy type deal. Um, but this is going to be all about kind of Snake Eyes Ninja training and all that stuff. But uh, apparently, we now have it confirmed that... Uh, this is just the start of the restart of the G.I. Joe franchise. So basically we're building up to G.I. Joe the, from the opposite direction by starting with snake eyes and the whole ninja sect stuff. And then leading up to uh, G.I. Joe. Hmm. Huh? So but do they get the rock back is the real question. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're connected at all. Right. Like this is a complete clean sweep. Normally, when you want to save a franchise, you add the rock this time. They're subtracting the rock. Well, because I think, I think that's more probably because The Rock has like, you know, 90 things. That is also <laughs> he's true. Yes. He's doing and like, does he really need to make time for G.I. Joe? No. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I also, I can't remember. Did he die? They killed like so many people. They, they <laughs> killed Channing Tatum. I think no, he they killed Channing it. Tatum. Yeah, the whole second film was like The Rock, Bruce Willis, Channing Tatum, Adrian Padalecki. Yeah. And then like taking revenge on everybody. I actually um, like that movie. Uh, I actually uh, thought I thought it was kind of fun. I mean, it wasn't anything great. Uh, I don't oh, okay. know. Okay, the first one's a train wreck. Uh, yeah, I, oh, train I don't wreck. know, man. Super suit sequence? Are you kidding me? Oh Wayne God, Channing Tatum. <laughs> are you wait, wait? Are you being serious? I don't know. Joseph they're Gordon both, Levitt. Both, I'm Cobra Commander. They're both so bad that, Chris, I, but I don't remember which one I hate more. You get Chris honest. Eggleston, and then you don't let him talk, and you put. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when they when they had Ryan Reynolds and then like sewed his mouth shut. You're like, why I mean, would I, you? I did I, like the super suit sequence and all that oh madness of God. the first one. Um, so but uh, uh, I did like all the ninja and mountain battle of the second one. So like, yeah, there's there, but they're both so bad. The yeah, they're not great. I mean, neither <laughs> one is great. Like the but second I, one's not a coherent movie, and the ending of that movie with the weird beach fight is just so like, I don't know. At least the end. The first. The one bar is low for both. We can oh, safely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can safely. I say think that. if you take pieces of each, you have a pretty solid <laughs> two-star movie in there. Um, but all right. So Henry Golden says Snake Eyes has blown him away. They've created GI Joe into something very cool and a far throw from what we've seen thus far on the big screen. Got to throw those other fools under the bus. I think there's room for many spinoffs. To be honest, this I think will be the launch of a brand new franchise. I okay. So just from the brief you know, things we know about it and the stuff like we've seen. Does, did anyone want like to explore Snake Eyes like as a, like who he was before he was a complete badass? Cause like the whole thing with him is he's kind of like for the longest time, like that's how Logan was. Like he was just like, oh, he's a cool, 
badass character. Like we don't necessarily need to like know all this stuff. And then like they would open up the Pandora's box and like go and dive in. Do, does anyone, did anyone want a deep dive into like who Snake Eyes is? Before, I don't know. never. But, but then I saw that crazy um, series that was on Cartoon Network. G. Oh, G. the, Resolute. oh, so good. Yeah. And they did an arc about, about why Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow hate each other. And if you've never seen that, go on YouTube really right now, look up G.I. Joe Resolute, Storm Shadow versus Snake Eyes. And they did this whole, and it, it basically is this movie. It's the story of them being at the dojo, Snake Eyes being kind of like this, just like, I think he was like a street orphan or whatever, and like the most unlikely guy while Storm, or Storm Shadow was supposed to be this like prodigy and things, but Snake Eyes like came up and was the best and the favored one. So Storm Shadow killed their master and then Snake Eyes kicked his ass and then that rivalry just transformed to them joining G.I. Joe and Cobra to basically get at each other. And they have this awesome, like, and it's, and it's pretty, and it's like mostly I think a silent film. I haven't watched it in many years. I gotta go watch that episode again. But uh, like, yeah, uh, it was written by Warren Ellis. So like when you give somebody the right person, <laughs> like these, these stories, like, yeah, it, it's a pretty awesome. And it just hit that thing of being like cool G.I. Joe military action, but also being like every Kung Fu fans, like it was just a badass like ninja flick. That's true. I, 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 and, like, yeah, so, so it was great. So yeah, that I one, will. I mean, it's, it's hard to remember. But uh, yeah, um, now the, will this one do it? The guy who wrote The Huntsman, Winter's War, and Hercules and Tinkerbell, Lost Treasure? I don't know. Oh, man. You were just I digging this hole for oh, wow. yes. You're the boy. Evan Speleotopoulos. Like the... Evan Speleotopoulos. You're like, yeah, so I don't know. Will he do the same as Warren Ellis? Who knows? Know. Yeah. He watched that episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go watch that Resolute episode. I do know that for sure. So, all right. And uh, no, nobody was asking for the rebirth of G.I. Joe movie franchise. No, nobody was. But here we are. Here we are, Hasbro. Even though I like G.I. Joe, but I don't yeah, like I do love G.I. Joe. You know I mean, I, mean, I grew up loving G.I. Joe. I was yeah. a heavy Joe head in like the 80s and the 90s as a kid. So, but like, I saw those movies and like, I, I don't, I don't want to remember them and I don't want to do it again. So let's go buy the GI Joe classified figures that are out right now. Cause yeah, those are good. All right. So moving from movies over to TV, let's go through our recap of uh, TV shows. We got, we don't have always a lot these days, but we do have some really good stuff when we do have stuff. So let's talk about the boys uh, this week in the boys. Um, <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. This spoilers, is all spoilers. 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 You might as well just call this our spoilers TV section because this is yeah, what we're doing. We recap what we saw, talking about it, the details, and telling you guys why you should be checking it out. So the boys, um, all I can think is penis. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, <laughs> I <no>. mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, Love sausage. Yeah, that's but, so great. But that, I mean, that that got me. I was like, oh, they're doing like X Men's Toad, and they weren't doing X Men's Toad. <laughs> uh, no the boys is crazy uh but this uh, this episode was good because it was great because it, it mixed information and action in a, in a in a good way um so they went to this kind of basically the big thrust of the episode is the boys kind of broke into this train uh, this facility that Vaught had that they discovered um and it's where they Stormfront has been kind of visiting and lamplighter has been hanging out sean uh What's his name? Oh, my God. Ashmore. 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 Ooh, and I have never Ashmore. been that excited to see him in a show ever. But when so he shows great. up as freaking Pyro, you're like, 
you you guys did it. Yeah. <laughs> excited about an old X-Men casting. Yeah, right? Yeah, that was great. But um, yeah, and so what they've been doing is Vault's been trying to create their drug that makes super people into super people and make it stabilized so they can, for reasons yet unknown. And in so, adults. Yeah, in adults. Because they're finding that children can handle it, but putting it into adults, it's not stable at all. Yeah, and so they're trying to make it so they can instantly make super people out of adults, out of grown adults. So uh, that heist mission goes sideways very fast for reasons because people like Stormfront and um, Lamplighter start showing up. And of course, they have deep psychological connections to uh, boys members like uh, like a Frenchie and uh, I always forget. Uh, Kimiko. Kimiko. And um, oh, God. See, every time I think of Kimiko, I think of Krieger's like weird on Archer, Krieger's like weird, like holographic way. See, I think a shallow or the body showdown, pillow so. or the body <laughs> pillow James Franco was in love with on uh, Thirty Rock was named Kimiko. Anyway, oh I know that. anyway, back to this. Uh, that was a little side trip through my head, but um, <laughs> yeah. So that heist goes bad, um, and it becomes a, like just a total cluster when all these dangerous freaks get loose and, and start kind of destroying the place and murdering people, including this one terrifying girl who. Oh boy. Uh, Mag- <laughs> she, who is she? I think she's basically Magneto. Like in- oh, she's worse. She's Professor she's Xavier. Awesome, though. Oh, was she? I couldn't tell what her power was. I thought at one point she was bending the metal off thing and she made people's like iron explode or something. Like I think that. it was just telekinesis because she just blew up that one guy. Yeah, I didn't, I, yeah. It was just later when I saw her do something and I thought she was bending metal of, of like their guns and stuff that I thought she was like maybe manipulating and blowing up the iron. But it doesn't matter. She just made people explode and scary stuff. In the she's board. strong, anyway, really that, strong that was, and yeah. scary. And uh, that was more some of the cabin in the woods stuff when yeah. you're just watching the monitors. <laughs> yeah, and people just die. Oh man, it was nuts. So that that was good, and they kind of the boys got out of there. But uh, the other side of it was Homelander kind of finding out the true origins of uh, Stormfront and what her real identity is, and that was the big kind of informational reveal about Compound V and Vought and uh, basically Vought's a Nazi operation. <laughs> yeah. So and but is whole- it Vought or is it just her? Like that's no, my question. Is no, she kind uh, of no? The original to... purpose of right. Vaught, the guy, the company's name. I mean, was now to though, do like, research. I... To um, well, I mean, w- now it's just a great crazy corporation. Well, I was gonna say like but Edgar explains. Edgar explains though that like it it came from that Nazi right. like that stuff. Now he even says at one point when he's like explaining to Homelander like we don't tell the. We don't tell the public that we hide that we're not, that's not what we, we do now, but mm-hmm. all of the stuff stems yeah. from there. So at its roots, yes. I mean, it is still very much that same screwed up mentality. Uh, and I mean, and that's also a play on, I mean, real things and, and yeah. real world war two history and post world war two history, which if you want to watch the more, much more disturbed, I mean, Amazon's other show hunters, I mean, deals with that in a more mm-hmm. still exaggerated heightened, but, also closer to history kind of way about mm-hmm. all the Nazi science and practices. And that's also why we have the modern trauma center. I mean, that's, that's why, because of all that research that was done to people during world war two on people during world war two to figure out how much pain you could take and how to yeah. keep them alive and all that stuff. And anyway, so uh, yeah, so this is a good kind of twist on real corporations. Don't ask where your Fanta comes from. Don't ever look that up. You, you will be disturbed. It's uh-huh. really crazy how much information is just like thrown at you in the last minute and a half of the episode when she oh, just yeah. discloses Stone everything. But 
I am also left thinking, do we buy it? Do we buy this like, I love you to, I don't to buy it. Homelander? Okay, neither am I. I'm kind of like, she sold it though. Like I felt like maybe she is really happy to, you know, like find her match. And, but yeah, I feel like there's going to be something else up her sleeve. Yeah, I don't trust anything she says. Yeah. So. <laughs> her whole, her whole like demeanor of, and you don't cast that actress to be like the "I love you" and I'm. I know. You know we're gonna yeah. do. It's like it you don't cast flipped. her for that. You cast her to be the one that turns around and goes, "Actually, I've been playing you the whole time." By the oh, way, I'm a Nazi. Well, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive. I think. I think she is revealing something, but it's still she's going to she's using him. I mean, yeah, he is like I mean, she's he's so good in that role. Oh not my God, oh God I hate, but like I mean, he is the Nazi version of the Uber Mensch, which would be like the ultimate Superman, and that's mm-hmm. even like her first comment to him is how blue his eyes are and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh my gosh, I didn't even so catch much that. More sense, like so. Yeah, that's why she likes him because to her, it's like her Nazi, you know, thrill. This is the wow. ultimate. Wow. So she's gonna use it, and uh, yeah, so. At least I didn't have to see another sex scene with them, so that was good. Um, I mean, there I mean, were a few. I had to see the mother's milk catch a D around the neck, so that was, I mean, I don't know. But the boys has to shock us at least and leave me scarred. By, I mean, people were waiting for that appearance. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's from the comics? Yeah, that's straight from the comics. Uh, so, oh, I didn't like, know. That character was, like, people were, like, waiting for that character <laughs> to show up. Of course they were. Of and it was like, were. yep, there it is. <laughs> that's <laughs> so like, great. Right, yeah. We're going to move along, right? By the way, Fanta was created <laughs> in Nazi Germany when Coca-Cola created Embargo again. Oh, God. Oh, we also forgot to yeah. say the A-Train thing. I do love Fanta. Oh, oh, A-train. oh, yeah, there's a call. The A-Train's getting sucked in. He took, he took the, uh, which, what is it? They the start? Fresca. And now fresca. I want the fresca? one. Like, my fiance and I looked at each other. I'm like, I, I'm kind of craving a Fresca at this point because no, they keep saying This is how it. it starts, Janelle. No, I know. I'm no, scared. Yeah. Once, you are craving, yeah, we do once you are craving a Fresca, <laughs> you're already in a cult because nobody <laughs> craves Fresca. <laughs> All right, so that was the boys. We're going to keep going with that. Um, this is, I mean, it's the hottest thing in TV right now. I'll do a shout-out for Lovecraft Country, Episode 7. If you guys are not watching this show, man, like I said, uh, this is every, like, black nerd dream I was telling a friend of mine. Like, they cover everything. They cover horror. This week was sci-fi as one character unlocked the secret to alternate dimensions and time travel, met some superior AI consciousness, uh that had an afro it, 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 this show is crazy jumped through different periods of time and lived many different lives of famous people along or alongside famous people and by the end now it seems like our main character has shifted back into a version of of the show that's set in an alternate dimension so he's in a kind of slightly altered version of the own 1950s that he's in uh, as evidenced by a book called Lovecraft Country that's been written by his dead uncle. So Lovecraft Country, we're up, we do an update on an article that says what's happening in the show. You can always go and check it out. But uh, yeah, I love it. And uh, this just keeps getting wilder. And week to week, even more so than Watchmen, this offers you different flavors of things every week while still kind of keeping the connected dots. Like last week was a 1950s Korean War horror story. This week was a futurist, like an Afro-punk, futuristic, crazy sci-fi tale. They've done like like a serialized Raiders of the Lost Ark tale. We've done like a Freaky Friday, literally Freaky Friday tale. Like, I mean, it's just the variety the show offers is crazy. So 
really still enjoying Lovecraft Country, even like because every time I'm done, I'm just like, oh man, it makes you think. Good loving it. All right. Now, so something that came back that I'm real happy about. Also, we got uh, Fargo back. Fargo is, God bless FX, because Fargo is such a hard show to market, and they do it through these quirky, weird commercials, but even those don't do justice to the show, because every time when I sit down and watch a season, I'm always skeptical because the marketing is just this quirky, like jazz-infused kind of selection of scenes and stuff. I'm always like, okay, that's very hip. I don't know if I'm going to like this. But then every time the show starts, like I was literally like typing or doing something and I just found myself repeatedly just like frozen watching these two part premiere for Fargo season four. And uh, it, it basically every season is an anthology that looks at the Midwest and, you know, instances of great violence and change and turbulence and how it relates to the larger American story with weird quirks kind of thrown in. Um, in this case, we're looking at Kansas City and the history of the gangs. And Kansas City does have a very extensive gang history. Um, if you've ever bothered to look into it, it it's pretty violent. There's a, there's a lot of, I mean, just in the Kansas area alone, there is a, a, an entire history of violence that goes with it. Um, and this kind of takes a look at the different ethnicities of gangs that came in, in, in to seize power in the area. Uh, you know, first there was this, the Jewish people who had settled there, then they got taken over by the Irish, who then got taken over by the Italians, who now this story takes place looking at the conflict between the Italians and the blacks, um, and, 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 and the black gang is led by uh, Chris Rock, who is the gang leader, um, and it's basically the power struggle and the kind of tenuous truce they had, and they have these weird customs like trading, they do the dark side, uh, high father thing where they trade for like their sons to keep peace. Each gang trades like a son uh, to the other gang. Uh, so you raise your enemy's son. And so that's a whole part of the story. Uh, Which is usually the downfall like of every yeah, single one. Exactly. So it's Which like is the downfall because the son of one gang always one betrays, betrays the, other. the other, the other gang and, and sets up the gang to be massacred. Um, so it's like, what? Yeah. And so why are you doing that again <laughs> well that's the thing like because everybody that's thinks really they're going to be the smart ones <laughs> everybody thinks they're going to be the smart ones to kind they're of the game right the system side, yeah. yeah and that's kind of the chess moves about these these men of power and, and like what they're thinking and going um but if you don't remember fargo is also about weird random things that kind of get thrown in the mix and then throw everybody off which the coen brothers love uh is blood simple is pretty much the premise of that too is there's always but this also X factor. ties in. It's crazy. It's yeah. so well done. But there's this X factor. So in this one, the X factor is there's this crazy nurse who has an angel of death complex or Florence Nightingale complex or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they call it when they start killing their patients. Yes. And so she kind of the spoilers. This is full spoilers. So she murders one of the gang leaders. I won't tell you which one. Uh, who gets not with any vendetta or anything she's yeah, just... nothing related to the gang war or the gang politics yeah just because she's crazy and a serial killer mm-hmm. and now that act has of course upset the entire Ripple. balance of this because the old chris rock and the old italian gangster kind of respected each other and there's these themes about how blacks and italians were both these people who came off the boats like and, underdogs, and really yeah. got you know mistreated in america and were both considered you know, you know, margin, we're marginalized in society and, you know, not considered and considered to be second class citizens. And mm-hmm. so 
their power struggle and they kind of made a truce based on that that idea which is now kind of falling apart because of this one act that this crazy nurse has done so yeah and then thrown in the mix is his family of this crazy mixed family of a white dad and a black mom and their daughter who's this very kind of um precocious but very intelligent young girl who speaks like different languages and self-educated and you know gets beaten in the white school because she is so smart and and you know really outspoken and and intelligent um and she's the narrator of the story for some reason that's my favorite part is her narrating it because it's set up she's basically doing a book report and like it will show like scribbles as if she was writing underneath each one, like why they were like age, you know, name, why they were charged. Yeah. Yeah, It was really cool. So like the whole thing is framed as her book report on the history of Kansas and, and the, and the kind of gangs of Kansas. And so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's really slick. It all ties together in two episodes. They, they at least you realize, okay, all of these people are relevant with like, they're all, united in some way like they all come together and i'm like yeah. oh my gosh this is yeah so good. it gets and there gets to be like even more gets added to this mix like two escaped two uh women who escaped prison together mm-hmm. and come back um yeah so the family at this is at the center of it and, and they run the funeral home in the town so they're at the center of it and it turns out like yeah the nurse is their neck is their neighbor across the street and she takes a like a real interest into this little girl um, yeah, there's the funerals for all these gangs have to come through this place because they're the town mortician. They do both the black and the white funerals. Um, the wife runs the black funerals and the husband does the white funerals. And so like, yeah. And so it all begins to tie together and there's stuff about this guy at the hospital, the, the kind of racist guy who runs the hospital offends the Italian mob. And like, it, it gets crazier and crazier in just two episodes. Um, and that's what Fargo does. So Noah Halley did this, and man, like, I love the TV this guy makes. It's, it's really, really great, and this is no exception. And I'm really, I mean, the big headline here, if you're kind of wondering, is like, yeah, I was surprised by just how well Chris Rock does in this. Yeah. yeah like, Chris Rock actually plays a really good role in this, and it's not at all Chris Rock. Like, he's actually mm-hmm. playing a very well-layered Noah Halley character, a guy who's a ruthless gangster, very, but also very smart and kind of sees the angles and also something of a philosopher in and of himself. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's willing, he's cutthroat and all that, but he's also like a family man and a father and like, and he does this on the thing that he's trying to uplift his people and his community in, in a country where of course they're oppressed. And there's this hilarious side story about his real thing to get like legitimate and make a lot of money is him and his uh, right-hand man, whose name is Dr. Senator. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. Yeah. They, they basically come up with the idea for the credit card and they keep trying to go to banks and, and sell the idea for a credit card to banks and they were just re- reject them and tell them like they're basically nuts for, for this idea. <laughs> nice. And so like, that's the side story. Like, here, banks like, aren't trying to swindle people. Yeah, or they're trying like, banks to Banks would help. never do this. Yeah, and Americans don't like to pay for things they can't afford. Like, you know, <laughs> and so there's all this humor. And so like, yeah, and he's just like, and him and Doc Center know this is like a billion dollar idea. And they're just like, just perplexed by why they can't just get this thing off the ground. So Fargo's weird. It's great. Like I said, Noah Halley, who also did Legion, my one of my, my probably my favorite I superhero TV Legion. series. 
Um, like, yeah, this, and this season looks great. I mean, if you thought it kind of petered out a little bit on seasons two or three, this is really far go back to form. So check it out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the, the only guy here from Kansas. I really wish I'd watched the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you, you, might have, you might have some like nitpicks, but like overall, this was. Or you might know some people. Yeah. Only two episodes in so far. So. Yeah, yeah. it's a good time to jump in. It's on Hulu, FX. In, in more recent Kansas City news, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Deal with it. I oh, knew you were going to slip that in there. Andy. Keep your Andy you reading all the way from me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now you take over and talk wrestling. You guys got a little bit of talk wrestling, and then we're going to maybe get a rundown of comics. We'll do an in-depth uh, on uh, next show. Word. All righty. So Clash of Champions was this past Sunday. Every title was defended. Only one of them changed hands in a fantastic ladder match. It was for the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn won it. I don't know how Jeff Hardy isn't dead, but Lord, did he try like twice. Uh, the rest of the show was just kind of mad until we get to the end. And then there is this fantastic storytelling match between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Roman's got this guy dead to rights after about 10 minutes and then decides, you know what? I'm going to spend the next five minutes beating this guy into oblivion until he calls me the tribal chief, which is his new nickname. And Jay keeps refusing to the point where, where his still very injured brother has to limp his way out and throw in the towel so his cousin will stop beating the piss out of him. This was incredible. This was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Yay, wrestling. <laughs> this is the best thing going right now in probably all of wrestling. And uh, yeah, this Roman Reigns as a heel was a thing we had been asking for for years. And we're finally getting it. And... In some ways, it's better than I think people imagined. But th- oh, it's awesome. way better than I feel like people imagine. Even though people have been wanting a heel Roman for a long time, the right. the Heyman aspect to it, the the Jay stuff, the like the family aspect, all of that has just been like, it's one of those examples of like when WWE just like gets it right. You're like, yeah. why can't you? Why can't you this be the this. standard? Like, why can't you do this all the time? Um, right. And, but, yeah. and he's, not a, he's not a coward. Like, that's, no. that's the well, thing that they love yeah. to do with bad guys is he has to be the cowardly guy who runs away. You know, Which is great. Like, no, this guy's just unstoppable. Which He'll is great, cheat, but you but can do really both. Yeah, you can have right. – it, it's okay to, to change that up a little bit. You don't always have to be the cowardly heel. I mean, I feel like – that's why, like, at previous times, like, Owens has worked really well. Sometimes when they push him further into one category than the cowardly stuff that he's, I mean, admittedly very good at. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely. That was – it was kind of a bookend. However, I will say the other awesome thing was the Bailey stuff, which is – Yes. Which is really well, which good. It was very for the moment because certain people on the show could not be on the show. Yeah. Maybe because of COVID, maybe not. We don't know. So uh, the fact that they trashed and now, yeah. So the fact that they adapted and then made that good and then still did the payoff of the Sasha's like all that stuff was, I eat that up. Like that's, that's my favorite current storyline uh, period. Uh, Cause I think they've just done an excellent job at like pacing that out. Um, so, I mean that, but yeah, it was kind of a bookend. It was weird that they started with the ladder match. Because I honestly thought, oh, they'll save that for, like, the end of the first hour. Like, nope, we're kicking right off with that. And Jeff Hardy gets his ear handcuffed to a ladder. 
His that's ear a, lobe. We're, we're back. We're back to messing with his ear gauges again. He's got to stop that. That's freaky, man. That's a, that, <laughs> he's going to lose that ear. It, it freaks point. me it's, out every time. I did love his reaction though in real time of like, what the hell? Like he even the camera caught him. <laughs> it's like, what? What is this? Who does this? Somebody. That's great. And, and at the end, he's just walking around the ring like my this ladder is attached to my ear. There's nothing I can do. Get it off. That's so good. Okay. Uh, but no. So Roman is amazing as a heel. I don't know if you saw the interview he dropped today, but he's like, yeah, you remember Daniel Day-Lewis as Billy the Butcher in Gangs of New York? Yeah, that's what I'm going for here. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's, it's amazing. I Even don't though like the, match, the tribal chief thing. The match played off more the like the I, the, the match played off more like the I drink your milkshake scene from There Will Be Blood. Because he's basically just telling him how it's going to be, and then he's just the been like out. watching Daniel Day Lewis movies or something. He must what you been. don't know? I drink your milkshake. <laughs> no, I, I know all these scenes very well. I love all these movies, but like you just dropped two Daniel he's Day been, Lewis. Yeah, you did just go back to back. You did go back to back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was just it's. Well, I'm just saying he's comparing one character, and I'm saying it's a little bit more like another. But no, oh, I, I see, see what, what he's there. doing with the butcher. I see what you yeah. there. All right. I yeah. think so I don't like the tribal chief thing. Can we, can I? Uh, it's that's so fair. lame. That's it's totally so fair. corny when he's like, that, "Call me tribal chief." I'm like, what the? Who? Who? That, talk, like, as Simon Miller would say, "Who talks like that?" No one talks like that anyway. See that that feels like either a Heyman thing or a we need a trademark, and this is what we could get our hands on. Yeah, totally. And Heyman, when Heyman says it, it's just as corny. Like, it's not a Reigns thing. It's just every time I hear when, tribal chief, when, I'm like, oh my when god. When he calls him the reigning heavyweight champion, it's like. Guys, just stop it. We don't. We don't need that. Stop it. Anyway. But he's. It, it, They're it's always the trying to get a go. shirt out of something. Yes. <laughs> but it is the best thing going right now, undisputedly. So if you want to watch anything in wrestling, you know, even the AEW stuff, I'd say go go watch what Roman is doing right now each week on SmackDown. It is that freaking good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's that's our uh, that's our wrestling roundup. All right, Matt, you want to take us through comics? Yeah, so uh, we'll get to, as Kofi kind of talked about, we'll get into a deep dive stuff uh, next time. But And we definitely want to because uh, this was the second issue of Three Jokers. And after the first discussion we had about the first issue, I'm sure we will. there are lots of things to talk about in this one oh, uh, yes. as well. Uh, we also have Batman the Joker War Zone, which, by the way, if, you, if you're keeping up with Joker War but are actually maybe more interested in what happens after this is kind of a need to read because there's like multiple stories in this, but like two of them set the foundation for what's coming later. Uh, very, like very overtly too. So uh, that would be something to pay attention to. Uh, we also have department of truth. Number one, uh, Shang Chi, number one, MMPR, number 54, the immortal Hulk, the threshing place. Number one, dark Knights, death metal multiverses end number one, which by the way, if you want your brain just to implode, from multiverse like shenanigans <laughs> this is this is the book to read it was good i liked it but good lord sometimes it's so I've like i've opened several of these dark knight death metal tie-ins or spin-offs or whatever it's... they are like compendiums i don't know what these things are like i've opened the speed metal i've opened oh, yeah. trinity i've opened this way. one and i've quickly closed all three and i'm like it's... okay you get hit so <sighs> hard with like so here's what happened at the source wall I was like oh yeah you've just lost like i've lost the entire me- I'm, I'm sure scott snyder is under a pile of papers and he understands the metaphor of all this you lost me so long ago like oh, man. trying to fit this all i feel like this has just become some weird puzzle ex- 
exercise to fit it all to, to heavy metal um, music in some kind of way as opposed to like an actual story. Like, I, I don't even know where we are. But, but like that said, I actually like this issue, but it's one of those weird things like, I get it. I totally get how someone's going to read this and go like, what? It's <laughs> just like, no, I'm good. Uh, we also have Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, number three, Alienated, number six, Wonder Woman, number 763, Wonder Woman, 84, number one, uh, Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number four, and Avengers, number 36, which, by the way, that is another one that we will definitely talk about next time because uh, the thing we talked about, I'm trying to dance around this with spoilers. We have talked about a thing that's related to this in a previous episode that this directly relates to. And I will be very interested to talk about that with you at some point. That could mean literally way, anything. Yeah, way to really, I tried, I tried. Way to I'm not trying down, to spoil man. it. We're not doing spoilers for it. So I'm way trying to, to dance around it. I think I did a pretty good job. I'm sure that's a, that is very much appreciated. No spoilers. And then when we talk about it though, everyone's going to go, oh, that thing. Yeah. So anyway, so yes, that, so that's comics, but definitely a lot to talk about next episode. All right. Thank you, Matt. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. As always, if you're just now getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. You can listen there on the site or we're on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Radio, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist. You can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it will start playing right there for you. If you want to watch us, we put up uh, videos live on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday. And we're going to be bringing back the YouTube. <gasps> this time on an official, as Jim told you last show, we're going to have an official Comic Book Nation YouTube section. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have video of every show on YouTube if you want Look to just watch legit. it. Yeah. yeah, we're getting more legit by the minute. If you want to follow along the show, get a new episode, updates, talk with us, see what's going on in the news, all that stuff, you can now follow the official comic book nation twitter account it's at comic book nation and uh or if you just want to f always jump on the hashtag and see what we're doing we still keep that going too. hashtag comic book nation you can find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at matt aguilar cb you can find me at janelle wheeler and on twitch and you can find me at connor casey underscore cb if you like the show go on apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review because when we get back access to our merch closet, once COVID's done with, uh, maybe in 2023 or whatever it is now, uh, we're going to get back in there and send out a bunch of T-shirts to people. And we want to make sure all our five-star reviewers get one. So uh, leave those on Apple Podcasts for me, and uh, we'll get one out to you. Otherwise, uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, this has been Comic Book Nation. we like you guys to stay checked in with us, stay talking, stay being part of the community. We love having you, and we'll see you next show. Peace. Peace. Later.